Hello and welcome to another episode of the Haskin Cast podcast. I am your host, Scott Haskin, here with episode 120, doing an album review, nay, an EP review, this time of the Dead Daisies new EP, The Lockdown Sessions. And uh, this is a very welcome thing because right now we're all kind of screaming for content. Bands are uh, being a little hesitant, I think, trying to hold on to their projects, hoping that they will be able to tour in the spring. All that is obviously still up in the air. But uh, this is a uh, sort of follow up. So they they have a new album. It's done. And it's going to be coming out in January. They have released one single that I'm aware of so far called Unspoken. And it is very good. I have a link to the iTunes uh, site in the notes because I went to the Amazon site and there are two links for it. One of them doesn't work at all. The other one doesn't play. So I couldn't verify which version it was. There's also a dance re- or a couple different dance remix versions out there already, which is interesting. Um, I'm still not sure how I feel about those. I'm kind of up in the air. I'm not really a dance guy. I can appreciate the creativity that goes behind them. And some of them are kind of enjoyable to just kind of listen to on their own. But I'm kind of like, you know, it, it really doesn't share the emotion or the sentiment of the song. And I think it was when I heard, I want to say In the Air Tonight by Phil Collins or White Flag by Dido. I've heard remix versions of both of those. And it really kind of soured me on the idea because, you know, there's there's a whole emotion to those songs. There's a story. There's a way of presenting that story and putting a dance beat behind it. It just kills it to me. So, you know, you wouldn't put... Um, you wouldn't necessarily put like salt in your coffee. And I guess to me, a lot of the times that's what these are. But I, I listened to the sound clips of the two remix versions for Unspoken. I have to say they're very well done, very high quality, great sound to them. So if you're into that kind of thing, check them out. They're available on iTunes and Amazon. I did not check on the Amazon links. I did listen on iTunes. So if you go to Amazon, you're on your own. Now, we're uh, here to talk, though, about the... EP, and that is called the Lockdown Sessions, and these were recorded live. I don't know what the logistics were, if they were all recorded like over a Zoom meeting and everybody recorded their parts and sent them to an engineer. I have no idea how it was done. But what I do know is that for a live album, you kind of expect it's not going to be studio polished. You expect it's going to sound a little bit maybe muddy, um, but something like this is kind of more of an unplugged thing, I would say. And I think the sound of it is actually quite good. I think the mix of it is very well done. I think the drums are a little quiet in in some spots. But for the most part, I think it's very, very well mixed. And we're going to get into it because we're going to do a song by song thing, just like I did with my review for the album Whoosh by Deep Purple, which congratulations, guys, topping the charts all over the world. Very amazing to see. Um so I'm not sure how I'm going to handle the YouTube thing yet. I think for this one, I'm going to um, just upload it as is. And then if it gets flagged, if I can't clear the flags, then I'll just re-upload uh, an alternate version like I did with Woosh. Um, apparently, the algorithms are still uh, being revisited as far as how they're going to work. But for now, as far as I know, they haven't changed. So God only knows what's going to happen when I upload there. But You can also just listen here uh, on Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, Apple uh, Podcasts, Google, the new Google Podcasts. I think it's converted to the new one already, Um, wherever you listen. So if you're listening on iTunes or on uh, YouTube, 
it might be kind of weird. But apart from that, you're going to get some little snippets of the songs that I'm going to talk about. Um, let's talk about the band. I was not at all familiar with the Dead Daisies prior to um, meeting Glenn at the NAMM show. I, I'd heard that he had joined the band, but I didn't know anything about them. I hadn't heard of them before. And that's nothing against them. I don't really pay a lot of attention to what goes on out there these days. Um, I, I, I really focused on creating stuff and you know listening to certain things that I know and enjoy. But I thought, okay, cool. So he's he's got a new project going. I'm sure that if Glenn joined it, there's a good chance I'll like it, and I will uh, I will welcome it with open arms and see what it's like. And when they released Unspoken, I think I want to say that was in May or June. I can't remember the exact date, but I really dug it. I think it's a great song. Um, I really loved the musicianship on it. I think the writing is fantastic. The performances are great. And, uh, you know, Glenn brings it home with the vocal and the bass playing. It's a really good song. So check that out for sure. That will be on the new album that comes out in January, which I'm really excited for. And that is called Holy Ground. And uh, I think it was originally supposed to be out already. And then, of course, because of COVID and all that, it got delayed. But... In the meantime, they did this unplugged thing and Unspoken, they did an acoustic version of it, which is really good. There are four songs on this EP, hence why it's an EP, and they are Unspoken, Fortunate Son, a cover of the Creedence Clearwater Revival song, which I've always loved that song. And man, you see that in a lot of movies. I think the last time I saw it in a movie was in Battleship. And Steve Jablonski, I love the score that Steve Jablonski did for that. The sound design on that's fantastic. But in the end credits, I believe it was, if I remember right, um, they played the Creedence version of Fortunate Son uh, or an alternative of it. But it was really good. Anyway, um, Righteous Days, and then uh, which is also going to be from the album Holy Ground, and then 30 Days in the Hole, which is a Humble Pie cover and very, very fitting for what's going on in the world today. I think so many of us feel like we're imprisoned or trapped in our own homes. Um, personally, that part of it I'm enjoying. I, I really enjoy not going out when I don't need to because it's more time I can stay home and focus on creating the things that I want to create. Um, I'm probably in the minority on that at this point. As it goes on, I'm sure people are feeling more and more stuck. And that's why releasing content is really important right now. Um, but They've done it and they've done acoustic versions. So three of these songs are going to be on the album Holy Ground, as I understand it. I've not seen the song list for the album, but uh, these versions are not the versions that are on the album. They are uh, just live kind of unplugged versions for this particular EP. The original version of Unspoken that was released, uh, as I understand it, will be the version that's on the album unless they did uh, cut it down to be a single that I don't know. But uh, Unspoken, Righteous Days, and 30 Days in the Hole, I believe, are all going to be on Holy Ground, different recordings. And then uh, they chose not to do Fortunate Son on the album, which is, kind of, you know, I mean, they're all such great writers and performers. You don't need to do more than one cover. I think it's kind of fun to do a cover, but any more than that at this point in any of their careers, unless they're just doing it because they really love a song um, or it would just be a fun one to do or they think the fans would really dig it. Probably not necessary because they're great writers and I like when great writers write and create. If they revision a song or have a, an edgy way of doing it, uh, an already existing song, then that's pretty cool too. And uh, I have to say, in this case, I think they did on both of the covers. So four songs, three of them will be on the album, different versions, and uh, I'm really excited about it. 
I, I wish January was not so far away. We've got so many good things happening between now and then. Um, obviously, we're going to be experiencing different versions of them, but having this new music really helps. I don't listen to a lot of music these days, but I can say I've probably listened to this EP a good 30 times. I really enjoy it. So as I review these songs, let's go into the premise with the fact that I really love it. And if there's something I don't like, I'm going to tell you, but I really, really enjoy this album. I was very surprised um, by how good this band is, and uh, I, I really look forward to the studio album. So let's talk about the band. The lineup of the band is Dean Castronovo. I hope I'm pronouncing everybody's names right, by the way. Uh, Dean Castronovo on drums, and he does something else, and we'll get to that when we get to that song. Uh, Dave Lowry on guitar. And uh, he's the founder of the band. He's also the president and founder of Tamora Aviation Museum. Interesting. That's two guitarists that I'm aware of that are into aviation and, and that other being Steve Morse from Deep Purple. Bruce Dickinson, the vocalist for Iron Maiden, is uh, another one into aviation. And uh, he's, he's been known to fly people around from time to time, too. So it's interesting how many musicians are into aviation and uh I think that's pretty cool. It's good to have things that you do outside in, uh, of your industry instead of just doing one thing. And uh, yeah, so kudos to him for starting that. That's pretty awesome. Uh, Doug, Doug Aldrich on guitar, who you may also know from Whitesnake, playing with Ronnie James Dio. Uh, and I didn't know this. I wish I had seen it when he was doing it. Uh, he was performing in Raiding the Rock Vault here at the Tropicana in Las Vegas. I live depending on which way I take, just because of the number of stoplights, I would say about 15 minutes from Tropicana, probably less since I moved. But uh, that's pretty cool. I, I've heard really good things about that show, and I didn't know he was in it. And that's that's pretty interesting that he did. Um, it's it's kind of weird to think of, you know, somebody who's toured the world and then plays a Vegas show as just a local resident. But that's kind of neat, I think. And then, of course, we have Glenn Hughes on bass and vocals, the newest addition to the band. And uh, I got to say, I had uh, a great time in January at the NAMM show this year, and I met Glenn and uh, talked to him for a very brief moment. There was actually quite a line to meet him, and it was well worth standing in. But he was he was so pleasant and generous with his time and just really appreciated everybody that came to see him. And I love that. I love when artists really uh, take care of their fans, when they really embrace those that take the time to stand in a line, which is about the most boring thing that you can do when you're surrounded by a billion dollars in new gear. And there's so many things to look at. And there's so many just it, audio and visual. It's just such overload to stand in a line is kind of I don't know. It just it just feels like you should be somewhere looking at stuff because it's a huge the, the Anaheim Convention Center is huge and it takes up the whole thing. So uh, it's it's pretty cool that people would do that. And of course, you know, who wouldn't want to meet Glenn? He's a great guy. And that's how I found the Dead Daisies. And of course, that led me then to checking out what the band has done. Really, really cool stuff. So without further ado, let's get into the first song, the acoustic version of Unspoken, which again will be on the album Holy Ground and check out the actual rock and roll single because it's very, very good.
Okay, first of all, just right off the bat, I want to talk about the sound quality. I I think it's rich and bright and something that you kind of, you know, for an unplugged thing, I would expect it to be a little bit drier, a little bit, um, I don't know, thinner sounding, but this sounds nice and rich and I really like that. Also, this is not Brickwall Limited, which I really appreciate. It's It's got a good volume level to it, don't get me wrong. Uh, it's it's going to be loud, but it's just not that huge brick wall sound, which, you know, as I talked about in my Wish review, can sometimes personally, I think, destroy some of the sonic qualities of the music. So I'm really glad that they didn't do that here. But the sound quality is fantastic. I love the sound of the acoustic guitars. They're not too thin. They're not too muddy. They're they're just sitting just the way that they should. And then, uh, of course, you know, Glenn's voice coming in just sounds as good as ever. And I, you know, when I heard this album... I had posted about it and I said, honestly, I think he sounds just as good as he did when he was playing with Trapeze, when he was playing with Deep Purple in the mid 70s. I think his voice just sounds really strong, really good. And he's never really faltered vocally. So, uh, man, kudos to Glenn, whatever you're doing to take care of yourself. I think that you could patent that, market it and sell gobs of whatever you're doing. So keep that up. But but overall, so far, just the sound quality is fantastic. See what I mean? Let's listen to those guitars ring out. I'm pretty sure that they're panned fairly hard left and right, it sounds like, at least in my headphones. But uh, yeah, they, they just sound really rich and bright and uh, very, very good for capturing acoustic guitar live. I think they did a great job. I think Glenn's vocals could be a little bit louder to, for me, but you know, I'm a nitpicky audio engineer and drummer. So I'm going to be a little more critical of those things probably than the av- average listener will. Typically, as long as you can hear what's going on, people seem to be generally happy musically. But I'll tell you that uh, it, it sounds great. I love the the tonality of it, the overall feeling of the song. And I think they did a great job capturing a, a good quality sound that um, really just continues on for the entire production. OK, so that was Unspoken. And now we'll move on to the second song, which is the cover of Credence Clearwater Revival's Fortunate Son, uh, a song that, that uh, you know, I grew up with. It means a lot to me. It brings back a lot of good memories from my childhood. And um, I'm really glad that they chose to do this one. And they did a very interesting version of it. Very uh, colorful. I think it creative. doesn't sound exactly like the original. It's not a, a carbon copy of it. They put their own flavor in it, which uh, if you're going to do a cover, that's the way to do it. Because if you're just going to do it the same, then what the hell's the point in that? So here is a little bit of Fortunate Son. Okay, there is a lot to unpack right off the bat here. So let's talk about the elephant in the room. When I first heard this song, I thought, oh my God, I know that Glenn's voice can do a lot of things. 
I've heard uh, amazing things be created by that man's vocal cords over the years, but I could never imagine him sounding quite like that. I mean, he can do that really like good, gritty, God, I just feel these words kind of voice. But I never would have thought that this tonality would would come from him. And you know what? It didn't. This is not Glenn Hughes singing. This, believe it or not, is Dean Castronovo, the drummer, singing vocals. Singing vocals. What else would you do with them? This is the other thing he did that I teased at the beginning of the show. I love his voice on this. I think it's very, uh, it's gritty, but not in a way that's unpleasant. It's just, it's got that, that, not so much low end, but just that oomph to it that really uh, lends a, a good hand to a song like this because it's a very uh, powerful vocal. You know, it's political, it's it's uh, aggressive, and this is a, he has a great voice for this song. There's not a lot of people that I would think could cover a John Fogerty song very well, but I think he does a great job on the vocals here. Um, very powerful all the way through and um, great job. Great choice to have him sing it. Um, very unexpected too. Uh, you know, when you get a new singer in to say, we're going to release an EP, but you're not going to sing one of the songs. That's always interesting to me. And to see a drummer come out front and do some vocals is always pretty cool. Not a lot of drummers do that. Um, you know, obviously you've got Phil Collins um, and, and a handful of other guys, but uh, it's really unexpected and really nice. So great job on that. What I'm not sure how I feel about is the the snare drum. Um, it's a little bit low in the mix for me, and it's also it sounds very raw. It's it's um, maybe a little bit too raw for my taste. But again, like I said, I'm a very nitpicky audio engineer and drummer. So if there's anything I'm going to be harsh on, it's going to be the drums. Um, I like the kick sound though. I think that's good. But the snare is just kind of um, I, don't, I don't know what the right words are, but it, it doesn't quite land, I think, where it would have been most optimal for the song. But again, you know, when you're talking about kind of a live um, situation, you don't get that studio polish, which is why it's promoted as a live piece and not a here's an EP that we released. We went in the studio, blah, blah, blah. So it's uh, it, it sounds pretty good for that. I think the guitars sound great. The backups are great. It's a really powerful version of the song. I really dig it. The other thing I want to point out about this song is how powerful it sounds with acoustic guitars. And it's really amazing with the techniques that you can use to make an acoustic sounding uh, or an acoustic guitar oriented song just sounds so powerful and heavy. Um, the mix is great, uh, apart from what I said about the drums. And uh, I think it's uh, delivered in a very, very powerful way. So another great song. And look at this. We're already halfway through. That went fast. But these are great songs. Of course, I'm going to speak a little faster because I'm excited about this album. So the next one is called Righteous Days, and this is another uh, original song by the Dead Daisies that we expect to appear on Holy Ground. I really hope I'm right on that, guys, because I think it's a great song. I'd like to hear the uh, um, the straight-up studio recording of this in, uh, in context with what I've heard with Unspoken. So uh, let's take a little listen to Righteous Days.
I'm just going to stop right here because how beautiful does that sound? I mean, it's it's layered, it's thick, it's rich. The tonality of the guitars is fantastic. There's a lot going on, but just it just has such a good feel to it. You have to know when you hear that, you have to know what comes next. You have to know what the song is all about. What What's the story they're going to tell you? It's such an intriguing opening. And uh, this is the kind of stuff that, you know, in, in the world of riff-oriented music, it just, you know, so much of it just seems like it's it's kind of overkill. There's not so much creativity and new stuff coming out, but with layering, you can do so much. And, and God, this just, this is, if I were to have been given this to mix, I probably would have taken an extra day because I just would have listened to how beautiful this all sounds together and, and really tried to uh, do what they did and bring it out, bring out all the depth of it, all the levels of that uh, performance. Fantastic. Just intriguing right off the bat. So I chose that particular spot in the song to play because that's the grittiness that Glenn can sing with that I was talking about. I mean, he's great in, in the, the high range. He's great in the mid range, great in the low range. But that gritty sound uh, was what I would have expected him to sound like had he sang Fortunate Son. But this this is the kind of uh, thing I really like to to hear in a vocalist. I hear so many vocalists singing like, here's how this verse goes. Here's the, how the chorus goes. And it's very linear. It's not emotional. But when you got a singer that sings with this kind of depth, that's what really brings the story out in a song. And there's there's, there's some singers that are really good at that. And they seem to be the the singers of the bands that I tend to follow. And I think that has a lot to do with why, but that really, you just, you feel like you're in there with them. Like you're, you're fighting the battle. You're, you're following along, you're playing the game and uh, like you're right alongside with them. And I don't think there's much that brings the listener more into a song than them just getting like, it's almost like he's grabbing your wrist and saying, let's go. We're going to do this together. Uh, You know, how can you get a better connection with a song than when you're brought in that way? Now, I don't want to play the whole song of these. Obviously, you can see I'm just giving you little clips so that you can get a taste of the song. You know, it's a four song EP. It's a couple of bucks. Go grab it on iTunes, Amazon, uh, wherever you like to buy your music. Uh, I would imagine it's on Spotify. You know, it's really weird. I, I always say as far as I know, it's on Spotify. I don't have a Spotify account. When I want music, I just buy it. Uh, to me, that's the best, uh, most respectful thing that you can do for the band. You can, uh, you know, you can basically like lease the song for whatever your monthly service fee is. But you know what, guys, especially right now, when bands aren't touring, when bands aren't uh, on the road making money, they aren't living off of Spotify. You know, maybe a, a few of the very, very most selling, top selling artists are like Taylor Swift. I don't know. I've heard that she makes quite a chunk off of Spotify, but she's also getting tons of sales, but she's not touring either. So, you know, you 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 really want to support the artists so that they can stay doing this. You don't want them to have to go out and get, you know, jobs in corporate offices and meaning that they can't release music, that when this virus thing is over, however this plays out, that they can't uh, they can't go back on the road because that's what we want. And not only that, but there are some bands that are also doing uh, some T-shirts and uh, items to help support their crew because it's not just them. 
they need a crew to go on tour with. They need roadies. They need uh, all kinds of people, security. They need their agents. They need people to handle the venue. They need everything. And that's a lot of people. And those people work really hard. And they're also out of jobs. In fact, they don't usually, as far as I know, get any residuals on the sales. So unless they're able to be supported that way, um, you know, what are they doing? So keep your eyes out for that. If you see an opportunity, go for it. Some of the bands are doing it on limited edition. It seems like some of the bands kind of just have an open door for it. So, um, you know, take those opportunities for the bands because it's important. But my suggestion is to just, you know, buy the music there. You know, when I get a Spotify play, I think I make 0.007 cents or something like that. And, um, you know, that's that's not going to get a band back on the road when this is all over. So uh, my suggestion is buy it. Amazon, iTunes, wherever you buy your music. Um, if you want to listen on Spotify, that's also cool because you're still supporting them. But if you're going to do that, give them a review, give them a rating, like help get the get the word out there. It's really important, guys. Very important for for artists, even the ones that, you know, we think, OK, these guys are famous. They probably don't need anything. Yeah, they do. We all do. So do that. That's the least you can do, especially if you're if you're streaming their music for, uh, you know, on one of your services. Just take five seconds and put a star on it. You know, say great song, great album, whatever it is. It'll really help get the word out there. So that was my soapbox. And now let's listen to the last song on the album, which is the Humble Pie cover of 30 Days in the Hole. I have to admit, I did not know this song. I, I'm not a huge Humble Pie fan. I know I know some of their music, but when I heard Humble Pie, I couldn't think of a single song that I knew by them. But a lot of times I just know the song and I don't necessarily know the band. Um, I've recently started listening to the Skinnerd Reconsidered podcast because I was I never really gave Leonard Skinnerd a, a chance. Um, I just kind of wrote them off as, you know, Southern rock music that I wasn't really going to like. And, you know, when you hear songs like Sweet Home Alabama that are overplayed. But it turns out um, there are a couple songs by them that I actually do like. There were songs that they did that I had no idea was even them. So uh, so this particular song, 30 Days in the Hole, I was not familiar with. So I can't judge it as compared to the cover, uh, being the cover. But I can say uh, here is the song in the version of The Dead Daisies. Now, this is uh, obviously a little bit slower of a song. You think that, um, like the image that it gives to me, I don't know how you guys would feel about it, but the image it gives to me is somebody literally sitting on the floor in a prison cell with their back to the wall, just scraping their fingernail across the floor and just kind of reflecting and just letting out the emotion of the isolation, the um, helplessness of their situation. And I love in a case like this where you can really hear the singer breathe because I think it adds another level to the experience. And in these days of trying to perfect everything and taking out all the breaths and all the stumbles and all the everything to give, quote, perfection, I think we tend to lose a lot of the humanity in music. And when I hear something like this, I'm like, God, I'm so glad they left it in because it really it really makes me feel like I'm just sitting on the floor across the room 
we're there sharing this experience together. And again, it just it brings me right into the song as if I'm there with him. I'm going to have to go back and check out the Humble Pie version and see how I feel about how this compares. I always find it interesting with cover songs. I don't know if it's the nostalgia of it or if it's just that you get used to it, but it almost seems like the majority of the time, whatever version I hear of a song first is the one that I'm probably going to like the most. So I have to say, though, Fortunate Son really gives the original a good run for its money. I really like it on this album. This one, I'll be interested to see where I fall, having heard the Dead Daisies version before the Humble Pie version. I don't know how you guys feel about that. Tell me. I'd love to hear what you think. Give me a, give me an email at scott at scotthaskin.com. I'd love to know your thoughts on that. I would imagine uh, I'll get a variety of responses, whether it be the nostalgia, whether it just be you become comfortable with that version, whatever it is. There are a few times that I have liked the cover version better, but most of the time I find that I tend to go with the original uh, if it's a dance remix, I'm always going to go with the original. I'm just kidding. There's probably a couple I, I'll like out there. Uh, in fact, I did like like the clips I heard for Unspoken, like I said. So check out those dance versions. I've got the links to everything in the show notes for you guys to uh, go directly to those sites and check it out. Uh, I really, really dig this album. I'm really glad they put it out. I think that it's, you know, while we try to deflect things that make us uncomfortable. Like people try to do things so that they don't think about how isolated they are. I think a song like 30 Days in the Hole is great because it you can't just avoid the reality. You know, you can't try to distract yourself from it all the time. Sometimes you just need to look at it and go, this is what it is. And here's how I feel and let it out. And I kind of feel like not kind of, I do feel like this song does that for me, at least it, it, any, any pent up, Thing that I feel because of the isolation. It makes me feel like I'm not alone. It makes me realize that uh, it's going to be okay. Like, I feel like there's going to be an end to it. When, I don't know. But I definitely feel like there's going to be an end to it at some point. And having a song like this, when I, when I feel those moments, is a perfect thing to get out and listen to. So I, you know, in, in, in summary, I love this album. I'm so glad they put it out. Definitely interesting to hear uh, Unspoken in this sort of unplugged thing. I'll be very curious to hear these songs when the actual album comes out in January. Holy ground. Looking forward to that. I'm sure as soon as the pop-up comes up, I will order it on iTunes because uh, I already can't wait to hear it. And uh, great job, guys. I really love it. I think uh, it's it's a very important album. It's great to see this band with the new lineup, see what they can do. And uh, I'll be curious to see how everything comes together for the album. I know already I can tell the writing is going to be great. The performances are going to be great. And I, not that I want to say I have really high expectations. 
I would because I think you can ruin things when when you set the bar too high, you can make it impossible to like it because you set your expectations too high. I would say it this way. I'm very confident that it's going to be a solid album that I am very likely to enjoy. I'll put it that way. And I feel good about that. So thanks, guys, for listening to this review of the Dead Daisies live unplugged sort of album and uh, I hope that you go and grab it. It's definitely a, a, an album worth listening to. I'm sure that you enjoyed the clips that I played. Hopefully you enjoyed my commentary. Maybe it got you a little bit excited about the album coming out. But check it out. Uh, these guys are all just fantastic musicians. And I'll be curious to see if uh, Dean Castronovo sings on something else. Because I think he's got a really good voice. Um, I don't know how versatile it is because I've only heard it on this one song. But it's it's definitely got some power to it and, and a really solid foundation. I think the guitar playing is great. Um, it's, it's really just a solid, uh, solid album. So this has been my review of the Lockdown Sessions by the Dead Daisies. I will be back at some point with another review, but I will be back on Wednesday with a very special guest on my show. I say that with the caveat of I haven't recorded the interview yet. As of this release, I'm actually going to do that on Monday. And if all goes well, uh, Wednesday's episode will be one that will be very, very special for me. A short one, but a very good one. We'll see what happens. Take care, guys. Thanks for listening. Tune back into the Haskin Cast podcast. Follow the Dead Daisies and all the bands that these guys have played with, all high-quality stuff. We'll see you on Wednesday. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>